Thank you for joining us today for Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, Pastor Sumiko Stroud is going to continue in the series entitled The Book of James. This is the final part of the series. We pray that it was a rich blessing to you. And now here is Pastor Sumiko Stroud. Whether or not you could be rich and go into heaven and, and they had come to the conclusion that you could not. And so they were saying that, um, you know, they didn't want to be wealthy. They'd rather be poor. And I thought, I don't think I want any of that kind of Christianity. I mean, you know, and, and as a child, it made me think some things and think that, you know, I don't want to be, I don't know if I want to be saved if that means I have to go around broke all the time. But as I grew older, I realized that that was just a bad interpretation of Scripture on their part. Um, and so we have to be careful when we read the Word of God that we do read it with an understanding or we can walk away uh, with some uh, wrong ideas and misconceptions and not only lead ourselves astray, but we can lead others astray as well. What James is talking about here is not just having wealth. Uh, that's not what's bad. And some people misquote uh, the verse that says the love of money is the root of all evil. And they'll take the love part out and they'll just say money is the root of all evil. And that's not true. Uh, it's when we um, love money. Because what happens, how many of you have ever been in love? Right? Hopefully everybody. Especially married people. <laughs> okay. When you're in love with somebody, you are willing to do pretty much whatever to make them happy, right? To, to stay in their presence, to keep them happy, to be with them. <clears throat> Excuse me, when we love money, we will do that same thing. We will do whatever it takes to get it and to keep it and, you know, just to have it with us. And that's what the dangerous part is, is because we will start not appreciating God and not honoring him because we're so tied up in the money. Now, money itself is neutral. Um, and we've talked about before how it is an amplifier of what is already going on with you. If you're a person that gives, uh, a person that um, seeks God's wisdom as to how to spend your money, if you do that when you have just a little, chances are if you get a lot, you're going to do the same thing. But if you are stingy, uh, with money when you have just a little bit of money uh, and you are evil and you use it, you know, to consume it upon wrong things, then when you get a lot more of it, you're going to do the same thing. And so James is telling us here, we need to be careful with wealth. Um, what was happening to the people he was talking about here was, first of all, it was, you have to be mindful of how, how you get your money. Okay. If you are doing things that are contrary to the word of God to get your money, if you're getting it through dishonest means, uh, what they were doing here was they were getting rich off the backs of slaves, slaves and laborers. They were promising that they were going to pay people a certain wage to work for them. And at the end of the day, when it was time to pay them, they were withholding uh, that money. That is not a godly thing to do. That is not a godly way to be. When you owe somebody, you have to pay them. And we have to be mindful of that as Christians because sometimes we may not earn our money based on somebody you know, plowing our field all day, but how about if you go out and you run up a $500 electric bill and instead of paying it, 
you let them turn it off and then you go get your service in somebody else's name. Right? You are still getting wealth, aren't you, at someone else's expense. It may only be that $500, but if you owe the electric bill, you owe the electric bill. And so we have to pay our bills. Sometimes people don't think about that, or even like medical bills. We were talking a little bit about medical bills before uh, service this morning. Uh, if you rack up a, a, you know, a huge medical bill, whether or not you think the doctor earns it or that he should be entitled <clears throat> excuse me, to get that much money, you weren't thinking that when your body was all broke up and you needed him to work on you, right? And so now that he has gotten you where you can, he or she has gotten you where you can move around, if they charged you a gazillion dollars to do it, well, when you agreed to pay it, you agreed to pay it. So when we owe something, we don't get wealth by withholding from somebody what we owe them, okay? And so that's what he was looking at here. You have to be careful uh, how you get it. And then you have to be careful uh, what you do with it. Okay? Be careful how we get it and be careful what we do with it. What were some of the things they were doing with it? They were storing it up. Now, does that mean it's bad to have a savings account? No. Uh, but they weren't saving. They were hoarding. Uh, the, remember the, the parable that's in the New Testament where the rich man, he had a really good harvest that year and his barns were full. And so his natural thing to do was like, I don't have any place to put all of this stuff that I have left. So what was his first thought? Well, let me tear down my barns and build bigger barns. If that is your first thought when you get extra, something's wrong, right? When you have enough to cover your expenses <clears throat> and enough saved up for later and you still have more, it shouldn't be your first thought to let me go and find a bigger place. I've already filled up this bank with my money and I can't open any more. You know, because sometimes there's limits on how much you can put in accounts. And so with us, it may not be build bigger barns, but it may be let me go put some money in another bank. I filled up this bank. Let me go fill up this bank, and then let me go fill up this bank, um, and we're just hoarding it when there's somebody else out there that can use it. So when your first thought is to hoard and not help, there's a problem. James is talking to you, okay? So we shouldn't go straight to hoarding. We should, however, go straight to helping. Because there's only so much you can do with what you have. And we have to be mindful of the fact that you, know, you could have a house on every continent, <clears throat> but what good is that going to do you? You can only live in one at a time. And you may want to have a vacation property or something somewhere here or there, and you may want to travel. And you could have a fleet of cars, but really, is that necessary? How many cars can you all drive at a time? I can drive one. Now, my dad told me about this guy one time that had to drive two because he had one and one broke down, and so he would drive one. He was trying to get them both home, and he'd drive one so far and get out and run back and get the other one and drive it so far and then run back and get the other. Now, you could do that if that's what you wanted to do. Not the best use of your time. But we have to be careful about that because we don't want to go out and just consume stuff upon ourselves. 
we need to look past us and see if we can help someone else. You should not be comfortable owning two or three homes and driving by people who are homeless and you are not trying to do anything to help. Now, we would be able to help everybody. There are some people that are homeless uh, because that is a lifestyle they've chosen, not because they couldn't get help any other way. So there is always going to be people that are in lack just simply because of their choices. And no matter what you do, they're still going to be out there. But that is not everybody that's in that situation. And all we can do is help. All we can do is make something available. But if they choose not to come and partake in it, that's, that's on them. But what James is telling us is that we have to be careful with our wealth because when we don't, we become so dependent on it, so, so much invested in it that we forget about God. And the thing we need to remember is that things that tie us to this world are temporary. Uh, money only lasts so long. Uh, depending on what you have invested in, uh, you could be rich today and poor tomorrow. If the wrong thing happens... It can be just like that. Um, just think about just a few years ago with the whole thing, the recession, how you know, that we got into the country, got into the financial state that it is in. There were a lot of people that went to bed wealthy and woke up poor. And I cannot imagine the devastation that would cause you mentally, but it happened. And think if you had no hope in God, if all of who you are, if your entire self-esteem and well-being was based on your bank account balance, and that is now gone. That's when you have people that are committing suicide because they don't see a way out. And you, know, you can have a closet full of clothes, but have you, have, has anybody bought clothes and then that is, that is the only time you bought them, just that one time, and you're still wearing everything you bought 10 years ago? And that's it, you haven't added anything new, some of the guys probably, but your wives have snuck some things in on you. Trust me, underwear don't hold up that long. <laughs> but clothes wear out, don't they? We either outgrow them, or they just simply start to fall apart. And so those things have to be replaced. So we don't want to get our identity and our whole sense of worth based on the stuff that we have. It's good to have the things money can buy, but we always need balance in our lives, don't we? Because we always need those things that money cannot buy, right? Those relationships, that relationship with the Lord, uh, that with our families. So we have to be careful about what we do. Don't be willing to compromise all that you believe in and all that you know to be true and holy just to get money. Because if you do that, you'll have to do that to keep it. And then be watchful with how you use it. Because what James was telling them, these people that you're taking advantage of, they're crying out to God. And there's going to be a time where we have to stand before God and be judged. Now, if you're a Christian, you're not, you're not going to stand before God and be judged for your sins. But we are going to be stand, uh, we are going to stand before God and be judged, rewarded uh, based on our works. And so if you are mistreating people, we're going to have to answer for that. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand before God and explain to him why I thought it was okay to go around and run up a cable bill in everybody's name and not pay it. Because doesn't that just seem trivial? And can you imagine at that moment thinking, I probably could have just paid that bill and not have to stand here. And because, I mean, who wants to, you know, have, go around and say, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, you ought to serve my God because he's wonderful. And everybody knows, well, they know, they owe everybody all over town. 
and they want me to serve their God because he's so awesome and wonderful, looks like he would make them pay their bills. But we have, and that reflects poorly on the church. Have you ever known anybody that went about witnessing and you couldn't say hello for them saying hallelujah, praise the God, praise the Lord, God is good, and you know for a fact they owe you money and had no intention of paying you. It sort of puts a little of the fire out, doesn't it? It sort of makes you think about, I don't know if their Christianity is real or not. And if we as fellow brothers and sisters in the body of Christ feel that way, Think about what somebody that is unsaved on the outside looking in, how that reflects. It reflects poorly, doesn't it? So we need to make sure that we have, this is all an issue of character, that we have our character um, in order. Another thing James tells us in this chapter is that we need to be patient and uh, be ready to endure during suffering. Now, not all suffering is the result of sin. Sometimes we will go through things for righteousness' sake because Jesus suffered when he was on this earth, right? And he was without sin. So that should let us know that just because you are going through something difficult or, excuse me, just because you see a fellow brother or sister going through some hard times doesn't mean that you're supposed to sit back and say, well, they must be doing something that's wrong. Um, And that was what was going on with them because in, in the Old Testament, there were portions where the Lord told them if they, you know, followed his commandments, then their land will be blessed and they will be blessed. And so the Jewish people took that to mean that if you were not blessed, if you were suffering, it was because there was some sin in your life. Because if you were following God and honoring him as you should be, then you would be blessed. And he tells us, we talk about Job. If you've ever read Job or just you know, heard parts about it, that was one of the things when he started to lose. Uh, he lost a lot in a very short period of time. And his friends uh, just assumed and they told him, they're like, what is it you've done? You must be guilty of something. Uh, don't just sit here and lie to us. You need to stop and think about it because all this wouldn't go on unless you had done something. So we don't want to be that way. Because not all suffering, now there, there is some suffering that's the result of our poor choices, right? A, a, a result of sin. But not everything. And so when we are going through some difficult times, we have to learn to be patient uh, during those times. And we get to learn endurance. Wonderful word, right? You, do, <laughs> you don't learn endurance without having to endure something, right? There's going to be some hard times. Just like stamina, if you're trying to build your stamina, if you decide that you want to run in a marathon and you've never run before, well, guess what? You're going to have to work your way up to it. You can't wake up one morning having never run any further than from your bed uh, to the bathroom when you were in a tight and say, I'm going to run a marathon and it's, what, 26 miles? I can't even wrap my head around something like that. But you don't just jump up and say that, do you? No, you have to start out first being able to run a few feet and then being able to run a mile and then a couple of miles and then you build up endurance. But during that time, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have sore muscles. You're going to be tired. You're going to get upset because you thought you would be able to progress uh, faster than you're progressing. Uh, And you're going to have to be patient and you're going to have to stick with it. But eventually, if you keep pressing forward, you will get to that point where you can do what you need to do. 
Same thing in our Christian walk. Now, I don't know about you all, but in my study of James uh, over these past several weeks, there have been plenty of times where I thought, I just should just throw this, my hands up in there. I'm sorry, I just can't get it. I just cannot do this. Uh, again, I am seeing where I am falling short, and I am so tired of falling short. I thought I would have conquered this by now. I just wanted to give up. But I realized that it just takes endurance. At least now, this year, having studied it as much as I have, I'm more aware than I was last year of some things that needed work in my life. And I've worked on them more this year, so I'm a little bit closer to the goal than I was before. So we have to be patient uh, during suffering, knowing that it's going to build uh, endurance. And examples he gives us are farmers. I don't know how they do it. I could not ever be a farmer. I've even tried little gardens, and they just don't work for me. But imagine your livelihood, your whole life tied to uh, knowing when to plant and knowing how to plant and then being prepared for harvest and waiting, the incessant waiting <laughs> from the time you put a seed into the ground until you, the time you see that come... Um, <clears throat> that that grows and that that prospers and it's ready to be harvested. The same thing with us. When we pray and when we study the word, we are planting or allowing the Lord to plant those seeds into our lives. And it takes time uh, for those seeds to mature and for it to grow and to blossom into that fruit of the Holy Spirit that we all want to see manifested in our lives. And so we have to be patient and be prepared to endure, knowing that as long as the seed is in there, and that the ground is, you know, is good ground that it's going to grow. And we just have to wait. It's just the waiting. Um, and, you know, knowing, of course, that you've indeed put the seed in there. Now, it would be a foolish farmer that would go and just not plant, go and, you know, purchase the seed and just sit it there in his barn and never put it in the ground and then wonder what's taking the harvest so long. Well, we have to be careful that we don't do that, that we don't go and get the word of God, because I have so many Bibles, so many, you know, because I don't know, it's like when you go into the bookstore, they just draw, there's so many different kinds, and they're so pretty, and they do, you know, so much, and you just want to buy them, and I thought, and I just, I was in the bookstore the other day, and I thought, I'm just not buying another Bible. Well, I bought one that day, but then the next time I went, <laughs> it was $2. You couldn't just leave a $2 Bible, and it was so cute. But when I went the other, yesterday, I did not buy one. I did pick one up and rub on it a little bit, but I did not buy it. But that wouldn't do, I know, right? I, I should get some kind of star. But to go and to keep purchasing Bibles, that won't do me any good if I don't spend time reading them, right? Did you know you have to read those things? You have to open them, and, and you can't even just sit it by the bed, you have to open it and actually read it before it works. That's getting the seed in us. When we come uh, to church and we hear the word of God, and you can't even just come to church. You have to actually listen, because I've done that before. I've gone to a church service, and my mind wandered, and before I knew we were dismissing, and I'm like, ooh, what'd they say? I don't think I got anything today. Better get the CD, right? Because you can't just be in around the word Right? I could go and buy some seeds and just walk around outside with them in my hand, but is that going to get it in the ground? No. Is that going to get me a harvest? No, it's not. I've just, I could do it every day, and it wouldn't get me anywhere. 
But once I know that I have that word and that, I, that my ground is good and my heart is good and it's fertile and it's receptive to the word of the Lord, and once I get that word in me, then I realize that eventually there's going to be a harvest. And then I just have to be patient no matter what is going on around me, uh, no matter how difficult times may get, I have to be patient and know that there is eventually going to be a harvest. Uh, God has, he, he likes balance in our lives. And along with uh, privileges, uh, with the blessings that come, there are going to be responsibilities. So sometimes things are going to be a little bit difficult as we grow and mature. And then the final section three was that we have to be prayerful and praiseful. He's telling us, is there anybody among you that's suffering? Sometimes there's going to be hard times uh, suffering in that there's going to be afflictions. There, you're going to have troubles. Well, when that happens, uh, our, our you know, first response usually is to mumble and grumble and complain. Uh, but does that help anything? No, it doesn't. What our first response in, instead should be to pray. If we are going through troubles, we need to pray. Uh, if we are experiencing sickness, we need to pray. If we see somebody else, a fellow brother or sister in the Lord that has wandered away uh, from the Lord that's in a backslidden state, well, then we need to pray, right? <clears throat> if none of that is going on and all is well, then we don't get to brag, do we? Because that would be the opposite of mumbling and grumbling. Because sometimes we do that when we think, oh, my life is wonderful because I am so wonderful and I've made such wonderful decisions. Um, and then we will have a tendency. What's so funny? And then we will have a tendency to think that it's all about us. But when things are going wrong, we don't think about that being because of our decisions. Do we think, God must be trying to tell me something? No. When things are going well, well, then we need to take that opportunity to be extra praiseful, thanking him for all that he's done in our lives, thanking him for the fruit that we see that is in our lives, thanking him that we are healthy and that we are wealthy and that we are wise and that, you know, that, that our family, that we are, that our relationships are going well. We need to be in a mind of being praiseful, being cheerful. And that's not something you can make somebody do. You know, and sometimes people like to do that. Y'all need to praise the Lord. Well, probably, but until I'm ready and until I want to praise the Lord, then you know, I mean, what? What good is that for you to tell me that you you don't really know? I'm, you know, we the Lord and I have an understanding. We got something going on. You know, I may not want to stand right this moment and wave my arms like a wild woman and praise the Lord. We just got something quiet, me and him going, and I understand, and he's understanding, and all's good. And, and that, again, happens. What Those situations happen when we what? When we stop looking at ourselves and start looking at everybody else. If you can't praise God while I'm sitting down, that sounds like a personal problem, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like a personal problem? So one of the things... Uh, as we sum up James, uh, parts of it, one of the things that has been sort of an overwhelming uh, theme of James is that our vision should be not at looking out at other people and seeing what is going on in, in their lives. Because it could look like all is well with you, but I don't have to go home with you. I don't know what you come from when you come to church every Sunday. I don't know if you barely made it in the door or, I mean, you look happy. You may be happy, but I don't really know. And do I really want to know? No, because I kind of got my own stuff. Right. 
And I figure if it's something really important, you know where I am. <laughs> and you'll call me if you need some help. Now, I will be praying for you all. You know, the general prayers as we are praying for one another. And if the Lord shows me something, then I will pray extra, you know, and I will focus on that part. But am I going to call you? Am I going to call Deaconess and say, Deaconess, it's Monday. What you got going on? You and Deacon all right? You need to tell me something. You need to give me some prayer requests. Am I going to do that? No. But if she calls me and says, Pastor Tamiko, I need you to pray with me about something. Okay, we're good. I'll put down my stuff, and we will, we will do that. Am I going to call up Sister Norma and say, Sister Norma, you sin today. How many lies you told? <laughs> you stole from anybody. Did you keep looking when that man walked by, Sister Norma? What you got going on? Any sins you need to confess? No. <laughs> covered in the broccoli salad. We're not going to do that. And I'm not going to sit around. And, and I may not call, but I'm not going to sit around. Should we sit around and look around at each other and see and try to guess? And then you'll be like, Deaconess, I want you to join me in prayer because I think I saw Elder Ware taking a little extra on the communion. And I think she thought we was using real wine. So let's, let's join hands and pray. Okay, let's pray that Elderware don't become a wine bibber. You know how that, you haven't been used some, some King James terminology. That's, what, that's exactly what we should not do, right? What we should be doing every day when we get up is looking in the mirror and seeing what is in there, looking in the Word of God and seeing how we line up with the Word of God and praying, you know, today, Lord, help me to walk a way that's pleasing in your sight. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. If there's anything in there, if there's any bitterness, if there's any, any, anything in there that is not satisfying to you, then Lord, help me to deal with those things. Help me to let that go so that today I will go and I will be kind to people and I will be loving and I will be joyful and I will be appreciative of how you've blessed me and that whatever wealth comes to my hands, that I will acknowledge you uh, as a source of that, and I will ask your direction and what to do with it, that I won't hoard it to myself. I won't keep building down barns, tearing down barns to build up bigger ones. And every time I hear that example, I have to laugh because, y'all, we have two storage houses on our property, and I just know every time people drive by, they think they should get rid of some stuff. If you got to have two storage houses, <clears throat> you should get rid of some stuff. But not both of them are mine, and not all of the stuff in them are mine. And it is just so funny because when I step outside or when I hear this verse, you know, about the man, some of you know, tear down a barn, build up big ones. When I look out, I think, oh, that looks like what we did. <laughs> we didn't do that. Not hoarders. We're not hoarders. But we should, in fact, be helpful when we look about and see there's only so much that we need. Uh, in any given time. And so we're not saying that you need to make yourself uh, be a pauper because you're giving everything away. You can go from one extreme to the next. But we do always need to be mindful when the Lord gives us something, whether it be money or whether it be stuff, uh, or even with our time. 
uh, Lord, what's the best use of this today? Do I need to just do, because sometimes we may need to just stay home and take care of home. Uh, and sometimes it is time to go and do and help someone else. And so we have to be mindful of those things that we don't misuse the time, the resources, whatever God has given us, that we don't use it just to heap it upon ourselves. But if our whole point is that we are praying that we are living a life that's pleasing to God, then how do you know what pleases God? You ask him. If one of you said that I want to do something that's pleasing to you, if y'all came up and said, you know, your birthday's coming up in July on the 15th. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't even pull that one off. Okay. But, and if you were sitting back thinking, I really want to do something that will be pleasing to her. Well, you could hit and miss a couple of times. You know, you could try some things. But how, what is the surefire way? Ask me, right? Ask me and then do what I said. And don't try to say, well, she said, she, I don't even know, I can't even come up with a gift, y'all. I don't even know what I would want. Isn't that wonderful? I'm so blessed, I don't even know what I would want. But if I were to say, you know, a particular thing, don't take that thing and say, well, she said that, you know, she would like, a gift certificate so somebody could come and cook for them every day of the week. But I think what she really meant was that she wanted a new set of dishes so she could cook at home. <laughs> no. And so we want to be mindful, and we're going to close you, that we don't do that to God. If you, have, you know, we could do that to God. We could say, God, what do you want me to do today? How do you want, I see this person or I see something, somebody needs help. Lord, what do you want me to do? And he can say, well, I want you to volunteer, you know, at the food bank. And you show up and you think, they work too hard down there. So what I really think he meant is that he wanted me to pray for people to come and volunteer at the food bank. Because <laughs> I can't possibly do all that. Elsewhere is relentless. So, but let's be mindful of that, right? We want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. So we have to be prepared to ask him, what that life looks like. And if it doesn't agree with us, then we still have to be ready to pursue what he's asked us to pursue. So we're going to be mature Christians. And we learn from James that growing up, sometimes it's hard. It's not always fun. There's some growing pains. But it's all worth it in the end, right? So we're going to continue. You guys continue your study of James. But as a group, we are done. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.